right, man, y'all know what it is. Let's get it started. Let us pray. I thank you, Lord, for my birth and everything that's followed. I thank you, Lord, for today, and I will pray for tomorrow. I thank you, Lord, for the love of my life and a friend. I made a promise, and I'm loving my wife to the end. Man, listen to this prayer, y'all. I thank you, Lord, for your guidance, because it's all that counts. R.P. DMX. And right here, right now, Lord, this is your house. Mm. I thank you, Lord, for a dream that came true to light. And I ask you to bless everybody in this room tonight. Your prayers out to the family. I don't always do the right thing, and I ask you to forgive me, because I need you here with me. Without you in my life, it's empty. I think back how some people did me like violence was the remedy. And because I think of that now, I pray for my enemy. Not because of what I'll do, but because they don't know. There's something better after here, but everybody won't go. So I ask you to forgive them, and we'll hope they see. And I thank you for the love that they've given to me. I will not abuse it, nor will I lead them astray. You see, I love them like children that I see every day. And I pray, no, we pray together. Get us through the bad weather, and we love you forever. Let your thought and my heart go hand in hand. I first thought, but to start, but I stand a man. Mm, mm. And for as long as I can, As long as you permit me, please give me the strength I need to live. Bear with me. Amen. Amen. Here we go. Y'all know what it is, R.I.P. DMX. We each walk the path that you've chosen. One the greatest. I'm ready to meet him. Where I'm living ain't right. Black hate white. White hate black. It's right back to the same fight. They got us suspecting the war. With the real war to follow the law of the Lord. Lord, you left me stranded and I don't know why. Told me to live my life. Now I'm ready to die. Ready to fly. I cry, but I shed no tears. You told me you were dead those fears. It's been years. Snake's still coming at me. Just missing. Sometimes I think all you do with me is just listen. I thought that I was special. That's, That's what, what you told me. Hold me. Stop acting like you don't know me. Come on. When I do so bad that it sent you away from me. Mm. Not only sent you away, but made you stay away from me. Mm. My child, I'm here as I've always been. It is you who went away and I walk back again. What did I say? Follow your word and be true. What did you do? Well, what I wanted to do. What have you seen? Darkness and hell at a glance. What do you want? All I want is another chance. To meet him, where I'm living ain't right. Back he Y'all know what it is. Man. R.I.P. DMX. 
living through mad different faces Like Macy's to find my way And now I know that happy days are not far away If I'm strong enough, I'll live long enough to see my kids Doing something more constructive with the time than bitch I know because I've been there, now I'm in there Sit back and look at what it took for me to get there First came the bullshit, the drama with my mama She got on some fly shit, so I split and said that I'ma be that seed That doesn't need much to succeed Strapped with mad greed, a heart that doesn't bleed I'm ready for the world, or at least I thought I was Bagging niggas when I caught a bus I'm thinking about how short I was Going too fast, it wouldn't last, but yo, I couldn't tell Group homes and institutions, prepare my ass for jail They put me in a situation, forcing me to be a man When I was just learning to stand without a helping hand Damn, was it my fault, something I did To make a father leave his first kid at seven Doing my first bid Back on the scene at 14, with a scheme To get more green than I'd ever seen In the dream, and by all means I will be living high off the hog And I never gave a fuck about much but my dog That's the only motherfucker I'd head off in my last Just another little nigga headed nowhere fast Hey yo, I'm slipping R.I.P. to one of the greatest uh. Something new. Stop. Drop. Woo. Shut him down. Open up. Shut <laughs> No. That's how rough riders roll. Stop. Drop. Shut him down. Open up. Shop. Oh. No. That's how rough riders roll. Niggas wanna try. Right, we did it. What the fuck you gon' do when we run up on you? Fucking with the wrong crew. Don't know what we going through. I'ma have to show niggas how easily we blow niggas. Let me find out it's some more niggas that's running with your niggas. Nothing we can't handle. Break it up and dismantle. Light it up like a candle. Just cause I can't stand you. Put my shit on tapes like you bustin' grapes. Think you holdin' late, then you haven't met the apes. Stop. Stop. Shut them down. Yo, R.I.P. to one of the greatest, man. DMX, we miss you. Huh, man, welcome to the ninth episode of the Lawrence Souffrant Podcast. I am your host, Lawrence Souffrant, and I can't lie to you, man. Losing DMX hurts. Man, we all wanted to be a Rough Rider. If you come from where I come from, we all wanted to be a Rough Rider. We were all riding around in our BMX bikes. You know what I mean? I had to borrow somebody's. I ain't had my own, but... We rolling in the streets, man. We used to put the quarter waters, you know what I'm saying, the quarter juices on the back tire to make it sound like we was revving something. Y'all might not know what I'm talking about, man. And we, we wanted to be Rough Riders, man. We wanted to be that that crew, man. Rough Riders, they, was, they just had such swag at that time. The double R emblem was fire. Uh, lyrically, they was killing the rap game at the time. And it's just sad to see DMX go, man. DMX been struggling for a while. And we love him, man. We love, we love what Earl Simmons left us. We love who Earl Simmons represented. And I know some people, they, they want to judge him because of his addictions and because he lived life in front of us. You know what I mean? He 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 wasn't trying to be somebody that he wasn't. 
And, and he was he was a believer than most of us. He truly believed because the consistency was always God with him. And we could never deny that he was a believer simply because he struggled with some things. Because if you could deny the fact that he was a believer, then you'd have to deny that you're a believer. And I know everybody who listens to the podcast, this might go over some of y'all heads. Y'all don't even know what I'm talking about, but just real quick. I just want to pay homage to one of the greatest to ever do it. And let me make this clear because I know how this can be. We're not saying he's one of the greatest to ever do it simply because he died. He was one of the greatest to ever do it while he was alive. We acknowledged him as one of the greatest while he was living. And I'm grateful that he got some of his flowers. But please keep his family in prayer. Keep his friends in prayer because I... I'm I'm feeling it, and I didn't even know him personally, so I can only imagine what his family and friends are going through, and I, I won't even I won't even embarrass myself to think that I could fathom and understand the pain that they're going through. So much prayers to his family, much prayers to his friends. You know what I mean? He he'll never be forgotten. When DMX came in the scene, he changed the game, and he'll never be forgotten. All right, y'all, listen. While I get all choked up a little bit, I had a conversation with one of my boys from Jersey, um, and we had an awesome conversation about fasting. Let me let y'all know, Ramadan starts this week. Um, If you're listening to this podcast when it drops, Ramadan starts this week um, on the evening of the 12th. Uh, Some people are starting even on the evening of the 11th. So we want to keep our Muslim brothers and sisters in prayer as they fast. But I want to release this episode. We recorded it a while ago, but I want to release the conversation now because it's relevant to the season that we're in. Um, And my boy Mark, man, he's a brilliant man, man, a brilliant man of God, um, an honorable man, an honorable Muslim. And he dropped some gems that I think is relevant for the people. So check this out. I'm here with my good brother. From another mother, straight out of uh, high school. You know what I mean? My guy Mark, what's going on with you, brother? Man, all wise and civilized, brother. Doing well. Just striving to do my best. Absolutely. Why don't you introduce yourself to the people, let them know who you are and where you're from and what you're doing. Okay, most definitely. So as uh, Pastor Safran just said, my name is Mark. Uh, My spiritual name is Mark Ikram. More Majoko as well. Majoko is a portmanteau of all three of my government names. Mark Joseph Cox, but we're taught in Islam that we should get rid of the name of the slave master to take on the name of God. And Ikram is one of the names of God, which means honorable or abundant or generous, which comes from the name Karim. And it's also Mark spelled backwards. So there's that as mm. well. So it's almost like an equation. Um, yes, yeah, so I teach uh, language arts. I'm not a full-blown professor. I pretty much do everything that a professor would do just mm. without the prestige at a historically black college here in Maryland. And um, yeah, I've, I've known you for many years and you've always been a solid cat, a man of the Lord. And I've, I remember like early on having discussions with you when I first came into Islam back in high school. I came into Islam 21 years ago this year, back in the year 2000. Wow. That's crazy. 21 years practicing Islam as taught by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Most and that is led currently by Louis Farrakhan. <laughs> Minister, right, most definitely. most definitely. So I've spent more years on the planet as a Muslim than as a non-Muslim, so I'm counting that blessing. Mm. That's insane. There's not many people who could say that. No, that's why the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said the blessing of Islam is following it as a young man, not when you get mm. to be old and you start you know, walking down the mountain. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could see that. I could definitely see that. 
All right, so today we're going to build a little bit on fasting because it is uh, one of my spiritual practices. I noticed that that's one of your spiritual practices as well. And so real quick, what is fasting to you? What what kind of motivates you to fast and all that good stuff? Yeah, sure. So fasting, most of all, is not doing something. So it's saying no. So even if you look at the Declaration of Faith in Islam, la ilaha illallah, it begins with the word no, which is la. So even that declaration of faith begins with a no. And that's what the fasting is, saying no. And then there's also the yes factor. So it's a way to take back control of your power, even like as a child. You know, you have, you know, you have children. And one of the first things they say, you know, is no. You know, they're able to say no. And so that's what fasting is, is to say no and return you back to what it is that God wants you to do. So with me, I fast every day. I start by the teaching of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, where we're supposed to only eat one meal a day. And then you go another 24 hours where you have coffee and water in between. And the coffee can have a little bit of cream and a little bit of sugar to keep you going. But you can't, you know, fill it up with cream like a latte or something like that. You're not even really supposed to have tea. But that's what we do every 24 hours. And then sometimes I'll do it every 48 hours. And I want to get to the point where I can do it religiously every 72 hours. That's pretty much what fasting is in the nation of Islam. And of course, in the wider Muslim world, we're about two weeks now away from the holy month of Ramadan, mm-hmm. which is coming up, which, you know, they say is a fast. But those of us who follow the teaching of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, although we do participate in the fast, it's not really a fast in the sense because you're just switching the eating hours from the daytime to the nighttime. Mm-hmm. And so it's very easy to get caught up in old habits doing that. But even on that, we still try to eat just one meal a day. The difficulty factor, though, in Ramadan is that you can't have any water or coffee during the day. So that really is what you know brings about the blessing, because now you're not relying on caffeine. You're now relying solely on the spirit and power of Allah, God, to get you through the day. So you said you switched the hours. So I know, like you said, the, the nation of Islam, y'all practice one meal a day. But the wider Islamic world, they would eat after sunset they'll eat when the when the moon is up and they would eat like normally right is that how it works yeah so some countries like uh turkey uh celebrate what's known as the bayram i think i pronounced that yeah bayram and so they have a festival at night so instead of being active during the day they will change their business hours and their eating hours to the nighttime and then they'll sleep most of the day and wake up for prayer i mean but that's not really a challenge you're just you know changing it and so originally, actually, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told us to practice Ramadan during the month of December here in America to bring us out of the commercialism that's associated with Christmas. Not to take us away from Jesus, but to bring us away from the commercialism that's associated with Christmas. Mm-hmm. And you notice during Christmas, there's a lot of alcohol that's consumed. There's a lot of partying that takes place. And if you even mention Jesus with some people during Christmas, they want to fight you. You know, it was like, yeah. wait a second, what about Santa Claus? What about Frosty the Snowman? What about Rudolph? Red nosed reindeer, and it's like, well, what does that have to do with Jesus? Oh, there you go, destroying the fun. So it's like, hey, mm-hmm. but that's what he originally told us to do in December, which coincides with the Quran, where you're not required to fast during the month of Ramadan if you're on a journey or if you're ill. And so, the black man and woman here in the Western Hemisphere, we are indeed on a journey and we are indeed ill, mm-hmm. you know, physically and mentally. If you look at you know the stats, but I'm not, I'm not here to really 
talk about that right now, but that's why he allowed us to do it in the month of December. And the daylight hours are very short. Right. So it eases you into it. Now, in the 80s, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, when he came back from his world friendship tour in the East, this is where he merged us and said, no, now it's time to practice along with the Muslim world. And because Ramadan is based on a lunar calendar, it goes throughout the year, which also is kind of designed to kind of get you into the God consciousness, because when God decrees something, you can't say yes or no. You have to just submit to it. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how Ramadan is. It just kind of sneaks up on you. But I, I've grown to accept Ramadan now as kind of like a favorite relative or a favorite friend coming into town. And so you start preparing yourself or preparing your home. And, you know, the person likes this type of thing. So you go to the store and buy that. That's kind of how I treat Ramadan now. Like um, I said before, you know, your timing is perfect because we're getting ready to go into what's known as the unity fast. That's once a month where we fast for 72 hours with the first Thursday of the month in the nation of Islam. So mm. all that is still like in a preparation, though, now coming into Ramadan just to gird up the willpower and reinforce the faith. So the unity fast is a Muslim fast. It's it's within the Islamic world. All Muslims or yeah, go ahead. No, this is solely in the nation of Islam, the unity fast. Oh, uh, okay. Because the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said you eat one meal a day, which will keep away sickness. Because the whole reason behind eating the one meal a day is that the food that we eat contains nutrients, but it also contains poison. And Correct. so by eating the one meal a day, not only allows you to fully process the food, it also allows the poison to get out of your body. But there's still an accumulation. So the accumulation is dealt with by doing a fast once a month for three days. And that's supposed to, you know, get the poison out of your body. Hmm. But that's what we do in the nation of Islam. That's not really a um, throughout the Muslim world. Okay. And that was taught by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Well, right. So taught to him from uh, Master Farad Muhammad. I think it's here, How to Eat to Live from um, Master Farad Muhammad. And he was the one that told us that we can both extend our life and extend our um, productivity and creativity by fasting and healing ourselves. Mm-hmm. The reason why I'm bringing that up is because mm-hmm. it's interesting. I, I practice, well, you know, I do my best to practice two fasts a month. I do mm-hmm. a three-day fast during the new moon and during the full moon. And what started me kind of on that journey, well, I've been fasting for years now. I used to do a fast in January to start off, you know, my, my Greco-Roman year. I'll mm-hmm. do a fast in January that was similar to Ramadan, except I would drink water, but I would only eat in, in the evening hours. Um, but I maintain my business during the day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then I switched to the to fasting during the, the new moon and the full moon for cosmic energy reasons that I won't mm-hmm. go into right now. I'll let sure. you know. I let the listeners probably dive into that another time. The three day thing, I chose three days because one who practiced fasting, I noticed for me the challenge doesn't hit until about the third day and with number three being a powerful number and you know with the association with christ and all that but then i later on found out that there is scientific evidence that says if you fast for three days after 36 hours i'm sorry after 72 hours you actually restart your immune system and then for you to say that the honorable Elijah muhammad taught that's how you get rid of the sickness is completely in line with the scientific fact, but he received that from Far Muhammad, not from right. you know a bunch of Western scientists. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's indeed um, what, what the teaching is. Now, well, I, I didn't know that you do it uh, twice a month. That's, that's deep. That's deep. Um, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's powerful, brother. It's it, I've been enjoying it, and you know, like we were saying offline before we got on, the revelation that I receive, I can't even really put it to words. But what I can say is, I I notice that during that time, I'm much more in keen. 
I'm I'm so in tune with what's happening and my ability to successfully complete the fast is solely contingent on my ability to fully focus on the most high. And mm. so while it has the physical benefits, if I am overwhelmed, it becomes extremely difficult to uh to complete the fast. But you know that that's kind of a part of the point. The point is mm-hmm. to kind of strengthen your will to strengthen your focus even, you know what I mean, to learn how to have true mastery yourself, you know, like 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 the five percenters say, which they got from you guys, you know, Islam, I self, master, and Lord, and Lord. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, it's that idea that I can't be, I can't be the God of my sphere if I'm not the God of myself. You know what I mean? And so I take on the challenge mm-hmm. with the only exception to be if I'm celebrating a family member's birthday. Because mm-hmm. for me, all that we do is about life, and it'll be hypocritical for me to fast and violate the celebration of life in the process. That just right. doesn't work well with my consciousness. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense, brother. Yeah. So, so with that being said, you fat, you eat one meal a day. You know, a lot of people will call that intermittent fasting, right? That's, I guess, the commercialized <laughs> term for it. Yeah, they 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 gentrified the process, so to speak, right? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, they they call it intermittent fasting. Some people call it eat, stop, eat, or uh, what, feast and famine, or whatever. But yeah, but you know, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, we've been they, they've been teaching this since the 1930s, and he said that fasting is prescribed to us by God because it can cure up to 90 percent of our ills. And so I don't know if I shared. I think yeah, I shared this last time we um had a conversation about it, but I recently have found a newfound appreciation for fasting. Back in 2020, my former uh, sweetheart in college, when I first started at Howard University, she died tragically in an accident. And it just kind of, you know, threw me for a loop. And I went to a grief counsel, a grief counseling uh, specialist, and I just found the experience in the grief counseling to be just so lackluster, whereas they kind of just went through a checklist, like, are you experiencing this, experiencing that? Okay, well, you know, just uh, take this pamphlet with you. And uh, it's like, I still don't feel different. So... I said, well, fasting can cure our physical ills, then surely it can cure our mental and spiritual ills, which I was feeling at the time. And so when she passed, after that grief counseling thing, I went to a five-day fast. Mm -hmm. And so in doing that, like Einstein said, when a problem is created, you can't solve it at the same level of consciousness in which it was created. So I knew I couldn't keep viewing her transition at that level. I had to detach from it and go into the God frequency. And so then from the five days, I broke my fast with my wife that Friday. And then I fasted three days before the funeral when I went there and I spoke in the whole nine. And so I realized that I actually was able to sit with the emotions. See, a lot of times when these heavy emotions come up, you know, we're taught, you know, I'm going to take a shot of this. I'm going to roll up the blunt real quick. But that's escapism. In order to really deal with it, you have to sit with those emotions. And confront you like back when we say in Jersey, I had to eat that. I got to eat that, you know. So you <laughs> yeah. kind of had to sit with it. And so I realized the net it helped me kind of dissolve. I, I can't really say it another way. Like it helped me kind of dissolve that pain I was feeling to be able to view it in a different light. And so since then, uh, I started eating one meal every other day because I realized it was causing me to have profound benefit in other areas of life, like work, mm-hmm. um, being able to stay focused being able to be a better husband, even, you know, being able to be more creative. And so I was doing one meal every other day up until, so she passed in January of 2020, up until the quarantine happened. And mm. so with all this stuff, I unfortunately was, you know, listening to 
and viewing what was in the mainstream media. And I said, well, I better go back to eating one meal a day so this way I can take some vitamins because mm-hmm. I don't want to catch the Rona. But it's funny. My wife had came down with an illness back in January. I don't want to say it was the Rona, but it was definitely like a flu. Mm. But um, I, I knew that, you know, I had to pump her with colloidal silver, 10 parts per milliliter. And she came out of that flu very quickly. Mm. And then my sister and my niece had gotten some type of flu, too. And I was over there with them. But the whole time from the fasting, I was like impervious to what they were experiencing. Mm. And so I said, this is deep. So that, that's kind of what got me back into fasting, as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, even though I do the one meal a day, got into like the one meal every other day. And I found, like I said, it helped me heal. Yes, yes, yes. No, I believe that, you know, for several reasons. One, the a lot of our traumas are trapped in our body. And a lot of people don't, they don't really understand the connection between mind, body and spirit. While we might compartmentalize for the sake of education and understanding, in reality, we're one being, you know, three, three realms, three layers, if you will. But we're one being, you know, made up of the, the physical, the mental and the spiritual, at least, you know, who else, right. who, who knows what other realms we might exist in. Hello, right. And so in being able to, to fast, you're freeing up energy to now deal with other aspects of your life that you normally, that would normally go towards the, the conversion of food. Because food is energy. We can't, right. there's no way around that, you know? Right, well, it's supposed to be energy, but a lot of us, we eat, you know, for satiety, and we wind up eating food that actually causes a deleterious effect on our bodies. And so, like you're saying, with the food that we eat, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, I don't know if I'm your listeners, but I'm going to just explain it really quick. Like in Ayurveda in the East, in the Hindu world, they have uh, Ayurveda. And the food is broken up into three groups uh, known as the gunas. That's like the separation. And within those gunas uh, is the tamas. Rajas and Sattva foods. The Tamas foods are like the foods you will find out here in the hood, you know, very low vibratory foods, you know, make people, you know, angry and, you know, lethargic, aggressive. Then you have the Rajas foods, which can make you aggressive, make you more warlike, more animalistic. These are foods eaten by like soldiers, businessmen or businesswomen, you know. Um, And then you have the Sattva food, which is the food of the saints. And it's like a lighter it's supposed to help you kind of ascend. And so the foods that the messenger recommends in here are kind of like in line with the sattva, although meat is not prohibited from eating. Um, but he does tell us that we do want to try to get off of the meat to try to attain this higher level of consciousness. And I find, though, with fasting, though, too, like you're saying, we exist in different dimensions. With fasting, it also helps you to realize that you're not just the physical body. Because number one, you're not urinating as much, you're not defecating as much because you're not eating as much. And so these ideas that you have held on, not you, but you know, just talking to listeners, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. people hold on to thinking that well, I have to eat every day at 12 o'clock. If I don't eat at 12 o'clock, or you know, when I get home, I have to have a snack, and all that stuff is you know kind of just made up. Yeah, and you yeah. realize that wow, wait a second, I- I'm in touch with something else, and that something else is God. And one of the experiences I had when I was doing that, it was so wild because I woke up one morning. Um, I know listen, probably went, oh, man. But I woke <laughs> up one morning and uh, I started hearing what the Muslims say when they go to Mecca. Not not on the speaker. We live, we live in Baltimore City, not on the speaker, not through the walls. And it is 
like la bekalal humalal bek, and I'm, I'm hearing that, and it pretty much is like telling God, like I'm here for your service, I'm here for your service, and it brought me to tears, and so I'm like, oh crap, okay, I'm penetrating a different realm of existence here while I'm hearing, you know, this transmission. So I thought that was interesting, you know. Oh no, it's and it's right in line because. You know, the world, if you know, the realms, they're, they're very close. They're nearer than we think, like the physical, spiritual, mental realms. They're not distant from each other. And so um, reframing from food will help you kind of cross over into those other lines. And without going too much in dimensions, we as as humans, we're not that distant from each other, neither. You know, we use things like how we're using the Internet now to communicate um, and we use words, which are nothing but symbols. It's only because we've been conditioned to see ourselves as different and separate. But being a father and having five offspring, you know what I mean? Wow. I know what's going. I can I can feel I can sense what's going on with my mm -hmm. family, including my wife, without them having to say any words, without me even having to be physically present. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll share this story with the listeners. I've never shared this with you. One time I went to go visit my father upstate New York. It was me and my brother. My brother was riding his bike and he, he must've hit like a rock or something. He went flying off his uh -huh. bike and there was a log fence, you know, the log fences that go across. He mm. literally went in between the logs. He got up. We laughed about it cause we were young. Then my mom calls and she asks specifically for my brother. And we're like, he's fine. Why would you ask? She's like, I woke up in a frantic dream that he was about to get into some type of accident that would have taken his life. And I started praying. She started praying and it happened literally at the time when that was happening. And so when we deal with the connections between the mother and child and and the connection just between us as humans, when we understand that we are one family, we can then begin to sense those connections with each other. But, you know, I said all that to say fasting does help remind us that we are we are dwelling and we're existing and we're thriving and we're living and we're, you know, ascending in multiple different realms. And fasting is a gateway between all of them, the mental because it's, it's mental. It's, there's a mental strain when it comes to fasting. You know, oh, yeah. I learned the power of commercials through fasting. OK. Like the yeah, billboard. Yeah, oh, okay, 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 yeah. So, you know, I do a lot of driving, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm driving. I see the billboard. I don't even pay attention to them. But when I'm fasting, there's a strain on my body and my mind because I'm not feeding it like I normally do. Mm -hmm. And those billboards, the colors are brighter. Mm -hmm. The food looks amazing. It's like <laughs> I can see the programming because what's really happening is I'm conscious to what's happening subconsciously. See what yes, I mean? Sir. Like, the science they put in designing it, it's always affected me on a subconscious level because it's designed to do that. They, they do the multi-million dollar industry, the advertisement industry, oh, and yeah. they've learned how to communicate in subtle ways. But when I'm fasting, those subtleties pop out like they're not yes, as subtle anymore. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. No, that, that's, that's real. Right. Like you're saying. So it's like the intelligence in your body, the autonomic nervous system is there. Like when you sleep, like you're not thinking, OK, I got to keep my heart beating. Okay, I gotta breathe too. Okay, I gotta breathe. Oh, wait, I gotta keep. The, I gotta keep the blood. So like you're not thinking about that. There's something there, doing that. And when you fast, you kind of harmonize with that. And so now, like you're saying, you're just watching it, and it begins to speak to you. 
And so, like you say, these people, they spend millions, billions of dollars on these focus groups to figure out, okay, well, they're going to go for that. Let's try to trickle it out to a larger group. And so, you know, I, I was telling somebody recently in an article I was on breaking down where there was this black doctor, God bless her, black doctor was talking about how she had some hesitation, you know, for the, in the arm and all that. And they were using this red, uh, red uh, font and red presentation in the article. And I said, man, this right here is building upon that same red frequency that all your fast food joints use to get you to get in touch with your carnal desires of, I know I got food in the house, but I'm pulling over in a Chick-fil-A. So yep. it's like, it's that same thing. And so here you have people up here going, oh my God, I don't want to succumb to this disease. I don't want to be left out. So shoot, I'm going to, you know. so it's like, wow, the same deal being used. So you know, a lot of times people say, well, I trust science. I trust the experts and all this. It's like, yo fam, you don't realize that there are experts in propaganda. They're experts in uh, compliance gaining and social influencing. Yep. And they have that thing down to a science. <laughs> Absolutely. They know what they're doing. They've been studying it. Uh, they've been using us as test dummies. Mm -hmm. And since you brought up the color red, you know, that is the, the lowest vibration. Red is the lowest yep. out of the, the, the spectrum. That's the lowest energy vibration. And so, yeah, it definitely does deal with our carnal nature. Most stuff. Most stuff. So Ramadan, to my understanding, starts April 12th this year. Well, it depends on when the moon is sighted. You know, you'll find brothers wrangling over, and I started this day, well, I started this day. But I mean, fam, it's 2021 in the Gregorian calendar. We have technology. Yeah. So, right, it should start on the evening of the 12th. And so that's mm. when I will be beginning it. You know, I will have my meal then, and I will be fasting the day of the 13th. So, yeah, I, I got it. I got it. That's similar to how I do my fast. I start from uh, from sunset uh, primarily because, you know, growing up in the Seventh-day Adventist uh, mm. background, you know, we learned that in Genesis, a day starts in the evening. And so a day is from evening to evening, just like how the Sabbath yes, starts from Friday night to, to Saturday night. And so I start my fast at sunset as well. What I do is I eat right before sunset. And this is for the listeners. I eat right before sunset. And then I administer communion um, to me and my wife to actually begin my fast, meaning wow. I, I make the unleavened bread by hand and I'm praying and each ingredients have a certain meaning to it. And then I will bake the bread and I will cut the middle part of the bread because that's the best part of the bread. Mm. And then I would administer that to me and my wife, you know, I'll read some scriptures, say some prayers, and then mm. we'll, we'll, we'll get the wine or the grape juice and we will take that. And then I, that would be my last, the last thing I would eat for the next 72 hours when I'm fasting. Mm. And then wow. I break the fast with communion as well. So that's the first thing that I ate after fasting. And what that does for me, it uh, reminds me of the covenant that I have with the Messiah. You know, the mm. one that we call Jesus. It reminds me right. of, of being one of his disciples and walking in the way that he walks and that I am right with God because of the grace of God over my life and the sacrifice and all that stuff. So it just keeps me kind of on that energy the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Beautiful. Beautiful. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Well, you just uh, hit me to something. I didn't know. I didn't, um... I mean, I've seen the signs on Seven Day Adventist, and I knew um, it's like you, you all don't eat pork either, right? Yeah, yeah, we don't eat any pork. Right. See, and I'm not Seven Day Adventist anymore, um, primarily okay. 
because of the way that it's structured. You know, and it's no offense to my Seventh-day Adventist listeners, but, you know, there are certain things within Adventism that is still dominated by white colonialism. Mm-hmm. And so it prevents a certain level of growth for those who are of African descent. Um, they, so for me, being kind of awakened to the reality that God blessed me to be a black man. You know, mm-hmm. I said God blessed me to be a black man, right? Yes, Being awakened to that reality, I cannot automatically demonize my blackness to make, mm-hmm. I guess, white Christians comfortable. So real quick, so that I can make sure that my listeners have all that they can get about the topic. Um, <laughs> if someone wants to practice or participate, rather, in Ramadan this year, this is going to be their first Ramadan, their first fast. What should they do? Do they have to find a mosque to fellowship with? Do they should they go on Facebook and look for an Islamic community group? Like what what should they do if they want to participate? Yeah, you know, so, um, you know, there was a time before COVID I could say, you know, go to this place, talk to this person. But, you know, it's interesting. Last year with Ramadan, it was a little weird. I, I anticipate it's going to be weird this year because Ramadan usually is about a time of communal fasting and communal feasting. You know, now everybody, you know, germophobic and this, that, and the third, it's going to be difficult. So what I would recommend to somebody who wants to try Ramadan, number one, make sure you check in with your doctor to make sure that you're healthy enough to do that because it is a stress on the body and it is a stress on the mind. And I say that, you know, because hypoglycemia, a lot of people are pre-diabetic and don't know it. And so when you're fasting, you can really snap on somebody because you're hungry. (laughs) And so, you know, you can create enemies in your home, not because you're a malevolent person, but because your blood sugar is low and you need to eat. So I would say most of all, check in with your doctor to make sure you're healthy enough to fast. And if you find that you are healthy enough to fast, I would say start where you are. If you're a Christian, begin reading the Bible while you're fasting. Okay. Or if you want to make the step into the Quran, the Quran is divided into 30 parts for the reason of reading the Quran throughout the month of Ramadan. That's the other thing we do. Not only are we fasting, you're reading a juz, meaning one part of the Quran per day. So if you're reading a part of the Quran during the day, um, I, I recommend that. And then, you know, reading How to Eat to Live by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Now, that's more so at the brothers. If you're a sister, I would urge the sister to look up a Muslim woman. And any Muslim that is a sincere Muslim is not going to refuse your questions about Islam. And as you know, when you're on Facebook or Instagram, you know, reach out to a Muslim sister because there are different things that a woman is absolved from, meaning she doesn't have to do. And there are other obligations that a woman has during Ramadan. And you may say, well, is Islam sexist? Ramadan sounds like a sexist thing. Well, there is a difference in the sexes, whereas the woman has a cycle every month, whereas the man doesn't have a cycle. And so I'm not qualified to teach on a woman's cycle. I don't really think, even though a man can talk about it biologically, that, you know, faith, uh, uh, you know, devotee to devotee, I think a woman should pair with another woman and try to figure out how that's manage because a woman doesn't have to fast while she's on her period, nor is she required to pray while she's on her period. So that's what I'm saying. My my thing as a man in Islam, you know, I'm fasting and praying during the month of Ramadan. So that's the advice I would give to the brothers or anybody. You know, just start where you are. If you want to read your Bible during the month of Ramadan, go ahead and do that. But like I said, check in with your doctor to make sure you're healthy enough to do that because the hypoglycemia is one, you know, level of it. 
but you could also have some underlying condition that may become exacerbated because you're being dehydrated during the day. And that's the thing with Ramadan, you really have to, you start paying attention to food. You start paying attention to your liquids that you're taking in because you can't drink anything while the sun is out. So you have to make sure you're taking adequate amount of liquids at night. And so that means you can't, you know, fill up on food. In fact, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said that you should eat in thirds. When you eat, you should have one third of your stomach occupied by food, another part of your stomach occupied by drink, another part of your stomach occupied by air. Mm -hmm. And so this is the discipline that you have to get into. And if you mess up while you're fasting, that's between you and God. Don't beat yourself up. Try again. But, you know, eventually it gets easier. In fact, the month of Ramadan is divided into three parts. Like I said, the three is also present in Islam, too. Mm -hmm. The month of Ramadan is divided into three parts. The first week is called the mercy from God because God has mercy on you. You're learning. You know, you're like on a plane. You know, you start taking off. You know, the pilot isn't fully engaged. You know, they have to make sure, you know, the pressure is right. They got to make sure everything, the engine is throttling right because they're not at the cruising altitude. So you got to pay very close attention. So that's that first 10 days, mercy. After that, you have another 10 days of Ramadan, which is called forgiveness. Mm. And so that's kind of when you get into the cruise control. And this is kind of like when you're, when we say that God, you know, is absolving you of your sins. And you also are being forgiveness, forgiving of your body. Because I heard um, an imam from the World Community of Al-Islam. I study both, even mm. though I'm rooted in the nation. Uh, imam Nasir Ahmed. He said, he's, he's actually a plastic surgeon too, a very deep brother. He said that your body is a lot like an angel because the same way an angel is designed to obey God and only obey God, and the angel knows what it was here to do, your body is the same way. You know, you think about the first time you ever had a drink of Henny, and what the hell is this? First time you pull on a cigarette, what the hell is this? So the body knows that. So that's that forgiveness part, too. During Ramadan, you notice that, well, I'm not hungry. I'm not thirsty. I just need a nap. Mm. Or, wow, after I prayed, I feel so much better. Where did that come from? So you start to learn these things in the next 10 days of Ramadan. And the final 10 days of Ramadan is called the freedom from hell. And mm. so this is very interesting because historically, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, during those last 10 days of Ramadan, would retreat into the mosque. Uh, I think it's called Itikafa. I forget. Itikafa Istihara. I forget the Arabic word. But that's where you retreat into the mosque for 10 days and you're solely focused on God. Why? Because you're trying to free yourself from hell. You say, well, hell, I thought that's where you go after you die. The hell is the condition, as far as we know right now. The hell is that hell-like condition where your problems are unsolved and you're always a prey to your urges. Hmm. So that freedom from hell, the last 10 days of Ramadan, it allows you to escape from there. And so it's interesting now because of the lockdown, you can kind of do that same retreat in your home where you can be fully devoted in this regard because you're not uh, you know, dealing with the outside world. And so that, that's, you know, pretty much how I would, you know, tell somebody to get started with Ramadan. Just start where you are, do your reading. Um, like I said, don't be so hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. I appreciate that. The retreat from hell is interesting. So on a, on a practical level, if you work a job, would you take those days off during those 10 days? Like, would you? Yeah. So if people that are hardcore about it, they, they would, but you know, America is funny because of the laws Mm -hmm. So in the East, people live in the mosque. You know, like I saw that when I went to Morocco back in 2007, that people actually live in the mosque. Like the homeless problem isn't really, it's, I mean, it's there, but the people are allowed to seek shelter. They don't have to be humiliated. They can come indoors and sleep, you know, in the mosque and be safe.
So, you know, people there, you know, it's already built into the culture to do that. But here in America, it's kind of hard to do that. Some mosques do allow you to do that, but others don't. That's interesting. I'm definitely going, you know, you put me onto some stuff that, you know, I'm going to have to go and research and check out because that's really, really interesting. Even considering what a sanctuary is, that's what a sanctuary is. It's an escape from the things of the world. It's a place you go to to find that safety as you get yourself together, you know, and the church was once that if you like committed a crime, mm-hmm. let's say you can run to the church and the police would not come in to get you because you were in sanctuary. And at that right. time you can contact your lawyer, you can confess your sins or whatever. And then when you were finally ready, you would go out and, and face the judgment. But we have been far removed <laughs> from that. I think as a society. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Man, I want to thank my boy Mark for coming through, sharing some of the gems about fasting that he has. You know, this is season of Ramadan. If you never fasted before, maybe you can consider joining um, other Muslims and brothers and sisters who are taking the opportunity to use this season to fast as we mourn the loss of a legend. Maybe fasting is what we need. Maybe we need to take a break just for a little bit and kind of get ourselves realigned, try to get ourselves centered. Maybe you can't fast, you know, the way the Muslims are fasting. Uh, Maybe abstaining from water is too much, you know, and from liquids is too much. Maybe, maybe you, maybe you can't go, you know, I mean, half a day without eating food. But what I do know is that you can do something because at the end of the day, we all need to align ourselves. So don't forget to breathe because your power comes from your breath. Your breath comes from God. That makes it your greatest resource. I'll holler at you later. Peace. Suffer. To survive, well, that's to find meaning in the suffering. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey, yo, I'm 